0: Sports Saturday, we head outdoors, waiting for spring. Steve Kearney joins us, com. steve how you been?
1: Pretty good, Steve. I'm a little winded. I was um, out uh, hoofing it after uh, crappies today and trying to walk through, I don't know, 20 inches of snow. It's uh, wow. quite a cardiovascular experience right now, and that's about all we can do. You really can't take a sled out there, and it's... Um, you know, it's pretty dicey. You gotta walk or don't go at all, pretty much.
0: Yeah. And and you you're you're just not gonna give up. Um I, I suppose you get into the mold this time of year and and you're just kinda waiting because I know you you generally make that trip to South Dakota at some point coming up here real quick. What what have you heard from the Missouri River?
1: Um, good point, Steve. I talked to some of my cronies out there this morning, and, you know, they're suffering through the same stuff we are. And, you know, out there, they're getting, you know, 32, 33 for a high, and all of a sudden they get a day that's 44, and then everybody descends on the river and they do fine. But then you got 32, 31 again. There, there's just no consistency. But the problem is a lot of the ramps are not open. There's still, you know, a lot of ice out there and you know there's very few ramps and the ones that are open are really overloaded with people hundreds of boats and so i would just recommend waiting a couple of weeks and wait for things to kind of open up and get some other accesses open so you can spread out the people and you know not be so concentrated so i'm um, i'm kind of ready to go but i'm going to wait maybe a week seven, eight days, let things, you know, settle down and and just try to get at least a couple more ramps open, and that's been the same from North Dakota all the way down to South Dakota. It's kind of the same thing. They're just kind of waiting for some sort of moderation, and, you know, they're like us. They haven't seen 50 degrees yet, and we haven't either, so we're kind of suffering for the most part.
0: And what's so interesting, when we get to 50, though, it, it can jump into the 70s in a hurry, out in central South Dakota, so you know it, it goes from cold to really nice in a hurry. But you know the weather can change as well. You really got to be on your on your toes uh, out on the Missouri River.
1: You know what's really funny, Stephen. I, I know you lived in Sioux Falls. You know about the Chinook effect, which is oh, yeah. that kind of special weather pattern that's sort of west of Mitchell. You know you can leave the cities here and it's seventeen degrees, and you get to Sioux Falls and it's maybe twenty. But you hit Mitchell and get west of that and get towards the river and bam, it can be 80 degrees in the afternoon and you're in short sleeves. So they have that kind of phenomenon out there. So it's going to happen. It's just, you know, running late and it's kind of frustrating, but um, it'll happen. And, you know, I'm looking at the Missouri River, too, as an option for people on the Minnesota opener because we're going to have ice on the opener, especially in northern Minnesota, guarantee it. And I think it's going to affect a lot of places where you can go and where you can't go. And you might want to think about that Missouri River at that time because they'll be spawning, and it'll be prime time out there. And there's going to be no ice, not a ton of people, and you know it's a good alternative because I think it's going to be um, it's going to be really late, even later than last year.
0: Steve Carney joining us, Steve Carney Outdoors and the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. We go outdoors each and every week. Here on the CCO. Uh, let, let's head north, Rainy River, Baudette. Uh Get your thoughts on that because that's a hot spot as well here in the spring.
1: Yeah, you know, that's happening. You know, a lot of the locals are up there now pushing like 14 foot boats over the ice, you know, and trying to drop in as best they can. It's not um, gangbusters right now by any means. It's all about trying to get on, and there's still ice at some of the accesses, but I think that's going to change in about the next week. And that season up there is going to be open till April 14th, and boy, if you have your boat out and you're ready to go, if you want to catch some of the biggest walleyes of your life, uh, that's the place to be. The the flip side is you're not going to be alone. It's a, a chaotic, uh, crazy deal. You know the Rainy is not that wide and. When you get a lot of people up there, it can be kind of frustrating, a little crazy, but you're going to catch some of the biggest walleyes you're ever going to catch. So it's a great opportunity. Um, It's just, you know, you're, you're not going to be alone. And people have to keep in mind up there, there's an imaginary line that goes right down the center of the river. One side is Canada, one side is the U.S. So you have to make sure that you're on the line and trying to straddle the Minnesota side Otherwise, the Canadian game wardens are going to have a problem with you, and, you know, you don't want to have a Minnesota license and be in Canadian waters, so you have to kind of be careful, and I've been warned, you know, warned over the years, you know, Steve, you know, move over about 10 feet, you're a little bit close to the center line, so something to keep in mind, but again, we've got a little window of opportunity up there, it's probably in about a week, and you're going to have maybe two and a half, three weeks of pretty good fishing up there, and but, again, Steve, we talked about the flooding. That is a real oh, big possibility. Yeah. It, that you got to think about that, too. When we start getting runoff here, um, it's going to affect all our river systems and the Rainy River, um, not the Missouri River. That's fine. But the Mississippi and the St. Croix, there's going to be issues, you know, guaranteed.
0: Yeah, and I, I've been keeping an eye on the flood forecast. I live along the river and and we're on pretty high ground. No, no, no worries on the house getting wet uh, up this high. But it is one of those things where right now the melt is pretty good. Meteorologist Paul Douglas talked about it. I was in for Henry Lake on the Lake Show Friday night. And in his forecast, he talked about that, that right now it's probably ideal that maybe here in the cities we're getting highs in the 40s. And we're getting lows in the 20s, so it slows that melt down because yeah. right now the forecasts are for major high water on those waterways, and then you know the, the smaller rivers and streams, et cetera. Uh, we we don't want that big jump into the 70s and a lot of rain coming in.
1: You know, Steve, it doesn't look like we're going to get anything you know major in terms of uh, warmth at all. And I've been looking at the 10, 20, uh, 30 day forecast and. It's not that impressive. I mean, it's still going to be, you know, 20s at night, maybe 35, 40, but nothing major. So I think that's going to bode well. But you just don't know sometimes. There's so much snow. There's 30 inches of ice in a lot of the lakes up here in lakes country. And this this stuff's got to go somewhere. So I don't know. It's just going to be hard to predict. But, yeah, if we can keep it nice and slow like this, that's the best thing that could possibly happen. So we'll see.
0: All right. Uh, Steve, uh, where are you going to be in the coming week? You, you'd hinted that maybe at some point in the coming week or two you'd head out to South Dakota, but what's the plan this week for you?
1: I hope so, Steve. My boat is absolutely ready to go. Okay. I'm going to check it out this week and get the final uh, stuff done on it, get everything wired, everything prepared, and pick it up and get ready to go. So I'm thinking you know, maybe seven days, ten days, the Missouri River should be fine, but... Right now, it's um, just preparation, rods and reels, getting everything ready, putting the ice fishing stuff away. So there's always something to do, Steve. I'm never bored, never.
0: All right, Steve, uh, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the update. We'll do it again in a week, and hopefully you've got firm plans to head out to the Missouri.
1: I hope so, Steve. You have a great weekend.
0: All right, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. has been joining us for years here on the weekend. And by the way... Our outdoors coverage continues on Sunday. Rob Driesline from the Outdoor News between five and six, and our sports coverage isn't done. Uh, it'll continue in earnest on Sunday. The huddle, Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian between ten and noon. Twin Spring Training baseball at noon, and then uh, the Timberwolves on the radio tomorrow night as well. Timberwolves at Golden State pregame at seven, tip after seven thirty. And a little bit later on in the hour, Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network will stop by. Cat is back. When will we see Anthony Edwards return to the lineup? Eight games to go in the regular season. And will the Timberwolves be in the top six? Will they be in the play-in? Or will they miss some playoffs? The next eight games will tell the story. And we'll get into that in more detail with Cal at about 435 today. Lewin's at home tonight. They get Vancouver at Allianz Field. Uh, much better weather than the opener. It'll still be cool, but it uh, should be a great night at Allianz on the Midway in St. Paul. It is all coming up here on a Saturday at News Talk. E3O WCCO. Let's go down to Texas World Golf Championships. Uh quarterfinals today. It looks like it's pretty hot down in Texas. I, I haven't checked the, the current temp. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Two up on Jason Day through 15. Uh, there is a match over. It was Sam Burns uh, winning his match. Uh, Sam Burns, and who, who did he take down? Uh, just, just lost the PGA Tour scoreboard uh, from the Dell match play down in Austin, Texas. Burns advanced, and the scoreboard is updating right now. Scheffler is up, so Burns beat Hughes three to two. Scheffler leading, day two up through fifteen. I think Scheffler won at the Dell Match Play a year ago. Matt and Shively are tied, and Cam Young leads Kitty Yama two up through thirteen. So you are up to date on what's going on down in Texas. Not a cloud in the sky, and. It'll be two years this spring. I We drove to Texas for a wedding. My niece got married down in San Antonio. She lives there. And I've told this story before about Texas. And I, I've been to Dallas-Fort Worth before, but I've never driven to Texas. So, you know, a lot of Twins fans have been to Kansas City. Make the drive down 35. Easy peasy. Um. From Kansas, you get on the Turnpike, which is really a great road, and that pretty much takes you to the Oklahoma border. It's a tollway well worth the money to go on the Kansas Turnpike. Um, You you got limited stops along the way where you can get fuel or fast food. The the food choices aren't that great, but um, it's still a really cool drive. And... A pretty drive through parts of Kansas. I'm not kidding you. And then you get into Oklahoma, make the trip to Oklahoma City, and then head for the Red River and cross over into Texas. And that's pretty standard all the way to Dallas-Fort Worth. And when you get to the Metroplex, it's kind of like the cities. They have 35E, 35W. Uh, We went through Fort Worth on 35W and that was no problem. There was a little bit of road construction, but because there were three of us in the vehicle, we were able to use what what amounts to be the, the DOT lane or the HOV lane and we were able to get through Fort Worth pretty pretty quick. And while Dallas-Fort Worth is quite a bit bigger than the metro area, it is a similar feel. You go from the country to the suburbs into the city back into the burbs. And then out into the countryside. So, then we're thinking, you know, we're home free. We're through Dallas-Fort Worth. We're going to sail down to San Antonio. We're in great shape. Wrong answer. Um, That that drive from Waco to Austin to San Antonio is unbelievable. And and I'll tell you why. It is seemingly unbelievable. Hour after hour of the same scenery. Fast food, retail, billboards, fast food, retail. Plus there was a ton of road construction on 35 as they were trying to widen it. Because that part of Texas, and I know there's a lot of people moving into the Houston area, a lot of people moving into Dallas-Fort Worth, but, but that corridor, particularly from Austin down to San Antonio, is exploding in population. A lot of folks coming in from California, moving into that part of the world. It is, it's it's almost one gigantic city, and it's not quite that. But once we got out of Austin, which, which is a pretty cool town, kind of a neat drive to, to go by the University of Texas uh, through Austin, and you get out of there and you think, okay, but it, it is literally... Uh, busy, 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 from Austin all the way down to San Antonio. It is an insanely large metro area. So anyway, um, probably wouldn't drive to Texas again. Um, If I had to go down there, I'd fly. Uh, There were just a lot of circumstances on why we drove out of this wedding. Uh, It'll be a couple of years this spring, but uh, wedding was great.
2: It's it's a long stretch to drive down there. As a guy that's oh. from Oklahoma, it, it's it's a hike.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like I say, there there were parts of the drive very familiar, driven to Kansas City before. Um, that, that was all good. And really, the drive across Kansas was terrific. The Kansas Turnpike was great. Oklahoma was Oklahoma. OKC was just fine. Kind of, you know, relatively large city, not as big as the Twin Cities, but, yeah. you know, you go from the country to the Burbs. The downtown and then you're out of there and we ended up staying overnight in norman and that was really a great town uh university of oklahoma i re- really enjoyed norman and then we we got up the next day and made the drive to texas but i i just was not prepared for how busy and how crazy the drivers were in that stretch from waco to austin to san antonio and then driving around in san antonio I am familiar with driving on freeways. Uh, I've been to Chicago. Um, I, I've had long commutes here in the cities, but boy, oh boy, there there was some ridiculous, ridiculously bad drivers down there. I mean, driving really, really fast oh, yeah. and tailgating and weaving it—it it was terrifying. Yeah, it, it can
2: get it can get pretty chaotic because oh. the thing about driving in Texas and especially even Oklahoma is. You're pretty much driving to the end of the earth and you have a lot of road ahead of you. So there's yeah. a lot of people that will gladly take advantage of that and just, you know, let the let the tires hit the road.
0: Yeah, and after the wedding, we the wedding was on a Friday, and we were staying in town. We were staying out out in the burbs, uh out I ten in Bernie, Texas. That that was kind of a cool area out there. But anyway, my oldest daughter flew out on Saturday night, so I had to take her to the airport. Long story short, drop her off at the airport, ready to head out I-10 northwest of San Antonio toward Bernie, and there was a wreck. And we were stopped, and I said, well, we're stopped. I'm not going anywhere. Whatever happened ahead, we are not moving. There is nowhere for me to go. So... I called my mom and said, oh, I'll update mom and the wedding and tell everyone she she wasn't down there. Um, other side of the family, my wife's family. And by the time I started moving and said, mom, I better hang up. We're moving again. 31 minutes. I talked to my mom for 31 minutes. Dead stopped on I-10. Not moving at all. That sounds and, fun. It, yeah, and, and the crazy story is there there was a U-Haul dragging a car on, on one of those little half trailers, mm-hmm. and someone came up too fast. I kid you not, a pickup truck knocked the car off that trailer and was sitting up on the trailer. The car was in the U-Haul, and that that's why we were delayed for 30 minutes, <laughs> because... Uh, I, I don't know if they're Texas State Troopers or or who they were, or if they're local county sheriffs trying to figure out how to get this mess untangled. When we finally went by the wreck, uh, that that's what happened. Didn't look like anybody got hurt, thankfully. But uh, that's my Texas freeway story for today. Four twenty nine. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll have an update on the weather. Cal Soderquist will join us. Uh, the Timberwolves got a big win over Atlanta. Carl Anthony Towns is back. Almost a storybook finish. Uh, the Timberwolves, more importantly, get a big win. And now they'll be in Golden State. They start a road trip. They got Golden State and the Sacramento Kings back to back Sunday and Monday. Cal Soderquist coming up following the weather. Here on News Talk. e 3 C C O. Update on the PGA Tour, the WGC Dell Technologies match play. Scotty Scheffler has defeated Jason Day, two up. Sam Burns beat Mackenzie Hughes 3-2. And And let's see what else is going on. Rory McCroy, Xander Shawfley tied through 15. Cameron Young one up on Kurt Kitiyama through 14. We'll continue to keep an eye on that. We'll have another NCAA tournament scoreboard a little bit later on. Check high school hoops. Two state champions have been crowned. Two more tonight, 3A and 4A. At Target Center, the home of the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are on the road. They'll be at Golden State tomorrow night. You'll hear this man on the pregame at the half and postgame. His name is Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network.
2: Cal, good to visit with you. Yeah, great to be with you. Thanks, Steve.
0: Yeah, Cal, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And, Cal, there's no doubt just a uh, storybook night for Cat's return. I, I don't know if you could have written a better script. Cat plays well, Timberwolves win. On top of it, Carl Anthony Towns hits the game-winning free throws to tie the game and then put the
2: Timberwolves in front to win a huge game. Yeah, it, it was pretty perfect in the <laughs> sense that, you know, he, he hit the game-winning free throws, yes, and I think that's, that's awesome to kind of just instantly get him back into the mix. Um, but also, you know, seemingly came away unscathed in terms of uh, how that calf responded. I think they did a great job. The coaching staff did a great job of managing the minutes. I think he kind of came into that game with about a 28-minute uh, minute restriction in mind, and they were basically right on the money. I think he was right at 14 minutes at the half. Um, and, and he even started the game You know, really good in, in terms of, we wondered, would there be rust? He missed, he missed so much time, You know, 52 games, he was out with that calf injury. But he came in and pretty quickly hit a couple of threes right away in that first quarter, which... Got him into it. Got the crowd into it. So I think, yeah, overall, um, a great first game back, and it's something that certainly he and his, his teammates can build on.
0: Yeah, and and for Cat, the the timing couldn't have been better because of the injury to Anthony Edwards. They really needed that. They they needed the scoring that that he brings, and we'll we'll just kind of wait and see on the Anthony Edwards. But you know, the the timing was good because. With with eight to go, there is not a lot of margin for error. You peek at the standings, and it's the Lakers are out of five hundred. The Dallas Mavericks have fallen out of the play-in. They're eleventh, thirteen and a half out of first. Utah Jazz a half game back, and then you know up to six. The speak of the next foe, the Golden State Warriors. Timberwolves trailed them by a game and a half and the Phoenix Suns by a game and a half so there's, there's going to be a lot of movement between now and the end of the regular season.
2: It's crazy you you go you know you can take that snapshot and, and lay it out like you just did and you know if we fast forward 48 hours um, it could be completely different based on the games that we played tonight and then obviously tomorrow the Wolves are in action against the Warriors and it's going to reshuffle every every couple of days, every few days. I feel like, and that's what made that win so huge um, on on Wednesday. And not only that win, but the shorthanded win at the uh, at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. You know, the Wolves have had so many of these games, both wins and losses, go go right down to the wire, go right into clutch time, and that's why I think, like you said, it was it was great to get Cat back with with Ants still on the shelf um, and right away, you know, it, it, wasn't a, in the sense that they were hoping to ease him in and, and maybe get a blowout victory. It wasn't necessarily that because right away they had to turn to him, give him the ball uh, in a, you know, take the lead end of game scenario. And he delivered in terms of drawing that foul and getting to the free throw line. And, and that's what the wolves missed. Um, you know, even you and I in, in recent weeks have talked about how much of that was on Ants shoulders with, With Cap still out and with D'Angelo Russell traded away, Ant was kind of the one guy that they could give the ball to and say, make something happen. And then when he goes out in Chicago last Friday, um, you know, it really showed right away in that double overtime loss that the Wolves just didn't really have anyone that could create in those scenarios. Um, They did a great job of kind of finding a different way to generate that offense in that win uh, at the Garden, but they they kind of had to do it with a different, you know, a different approach offensively. So to get Cat back and to have a guy who you can kind of just, whether it's touches in the post, um, top of the key, square up his defender, take him off the dribble, we know how versatile he is offensively and and it was on display right away.
0: Yeah, and we've touched on this before, the Timberwolves, when they embarked on a four-game road trip out to California and if memory serves, they dropped the opener to Golden State and then roared back and ended up going on a, a three-in-one trip, once again, if memory serves. And they, they've got another tough trip out west. I mean, let's face it, they get Golden State on Sunday and a very difficult back-to-back against the Sacramento Kings team. That, that's one of the great surprises in the NBA. So uh, quite a way to start this road trip. And then, oh, by the way, Phoenix on Wednesday.
2: You're right, and you know I will just add. As of now, it seems like Kevin Durant is targeting a return to the Suns lineup for that that Wednesday game with the Wolves. So that that would just be kind of perfect, right, for Minnesota in terms of already the the daunting matchups that are ahead of them on this trip. But you're right. You know that was kind of a turning point that road trip. Um, You know, the, the Wolves. I think they lost that Warriors game, and then had they lost again in their next matchup, which I believe was against the L.A. Clippers, they would have tumbled um, potentially all the way down to to 10th. It was a couple weeks ago, but I remember it kind of feeling like, hey, things might be hanging in the balance, at least in the sense of where the team morale was, how that losing streak had had kind of snowballed on them. So that was a huge turnaround. And now I think in a similar sense, but also in a different sense, there's an opportunity to kind of build – you know, it's a mini two-game winning streak right now. Um, and, and I think the Wolves would tell you they like where they're at in the standings in terms of climbing back up to seventh. And, you know, with getting Cat back, he's only going to get more comfortable as they've now had a couple days to have some practices and, and kind of uh, get him reacclimated or, or acclimated to his, um, his new point guard. You know, that was his first game with Mike Conley on wednesday so i think that the familiarity will only increase uh for cat and those guys and yeah if you can go on this trip and and steal two of three somehow i think that would be massive and uh really give minnesota an opportunity to kind of you know slowly but steadily put some distance between them and, and maybe you know the the 11th seed or, or the 12th seed or even the 10th seed. And, you know, whatever happens, if if you can climb out of the play in great and and secure yourself a top six seed and guarantee yourself a series. But I think right now you can kind of slice it right down the middle, you know, seven or eight seed is, is still a much better spot to be in versus um, those, those maybe three or four teams that are all kind of, vying for uh, the 9-10 spots and like you mentioned you know all it takes is a two or three game losing streak that's what's happened to the Dallas Mavericks of late um, the New Orleans Pelicans have, have kind of been the benefactor of, of both that and I think stringing together two wins in three games or three and four so really that, that's all it takes to kind of reshuffle and, and re, uh, you know kind of reconfigure the order of how all those teams are seated.
0: Yeah, and when you look at how the Wolves are constructed, we're not sure when Anthony Edwards will return. The old line, no timetable has been set for his return, so we don't know that. But Carl Anthony Towns is back. But the good news is that there's a lot of veterans around him who have been through the battles in these big games down the stretch, and that helps. You mentioned Mike Conley. Rudy Gobert has been there. You've got a veteran guy like Torian Prince you know, in the, in the mix as well, uh, along with Kyle Anderson, who's been huge. So it, it's not all kids. There there are plenty of veterans who have been through this before, and that will help.
2: Absolutely, and I think it's no coincidence that, you know, if you go back to that, that Knicks win um, on Monday earlier this week, that Torian Prince was your leading scorer. Kyle Anderson had a, a massive offensive rebound, Yep. Um, on a possession where the Wolves missed and were up three. But if the Knicks get that rebound, they have an opportunity to either tie the game or, or get to within a single point. K.A. grabs the rebound, and the Wolves end up scoring on that second chance to to really put the game away. Um, and those guys have just kind of stepped up in the biggest moments in those types of games where that I, I can say I do remember that that was a game where Had the Wolves lost that Knicks game, they they would have tumbled to 11th and and out of the play-in. So that was one that Mike Conley even – he spoke with Allen right after the final horn. He even admitted that that was a game that it it felt like it had the most urgency. I think he phrased it the most important game they've had since he got there. Um, I think he's only getting more more comfortable. You know, the assist to turnover numbers have been really, really good for him, and I think that shows that he's starting to know where – his teammates are going to be where he can look for them in terms of some of the passes that he sets them up with. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's all clicking. It's, it's great to have um, those guys healthy and and really contributing on both ends. The Kyle Anderson's the TPs, the Mike Conley's of the world. And I think, um it, yeah, it's, it's not a coincidence that they're kind of stepping up and, and making big plays here and there in these wins that the wolves really need.
0: Well, Cal, I know a little bit later night on a Sunday night, it'll be a 7 o'clock pregame show in the Allen Horton with all the play-by-play from San Francisco. Quick turnaround on Monday. I'll be in for Henry Lake on Monday ahead of the Kings and Timberwolves. Uh, I'll hand it off to Cal at 8.30 and the tip after 9 o'clock. And then Wednesday, Valley of the Sun, Lake is back, and he'll lead you up to the Suns and the Timberwolves and an 8.30 pregame show. And then another monster game. We can't forget about this. How about this? Friday night, LA Lakers, Minnesota Timberwolves, huge playoff implications. Um, I don't know if any tickets remain, but um, you better get them now.
2: Yeah, scoop them up quick <laughs> yeah, right. um, if, if they're still available. Yeah, go grab yeah. them. It's it's still, um, you know, it's it's not a not a guaranteed deal that LeBron James is going to miss this game I know he uh was was targeting was still hoping to return at some point but he's missed the last couple weeks now but but even if he's out the Lakers have played well of late D'Angelo Russell has been a big reason why Jared Vanderbilt has been a big reason Malik Beasley so yeah that game will have a playoff type feel to it and it's one I, I think only three games left at the Target Center in the regular season. So, yeah, come on out and enjoy that one. It should be a a great time. and
0: perfect weekend for Timberwolves fans. Lakers on a Friday night. That's huge no matter what's going on. And then I love those Sunday matinees. Uh, The Blazers in town a week from tomorrow, and that's a 2.30 start. Those are great days for the kids to get out there. I, I love the Sunday matinees.
2: And you've got the men's Final Four sandwiched in between those two days. Yeah, so, yeah, that's if right. you're a Hoops fan, you, you can't ask for much more in a, in a three-day span. Well, Cal, good to visit
0: with you. Thanks for the time, as always. Look forward to you on the pregame tomorrow night at 7. You got it. Thanks, Steve. Take care. All right. There he is, Cal Soderquist. Does a phenomenal job on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Good enough to join us here on Saturdays uh, from time to time. And, once again, some huge games just eight to go in the regular season for the Timberwolves. 4.49, 11 minutes now in front of 5 o'clock. Uh, some huge games at Target Center tonight. A 3A and 4A champion will be crowned. We'll have that momentarily here on News Talk. e three O W WCCO. Twins drop a pair in the Grapefruit League to Atlanta, 9-4. Not a great day for the home nine, but spring training almost over. Season opens Thursday in Kansas City with the Royals. Our coverage will begin at 2.30, pregame show Chris Atterbury, Corey Provost, Dan Gladden, with all the play-by-play from the K, Zach Granke for Kansas City, Pablo Lopez for the Twins. And then to follow uh, opening day, Henry Lake will be in Kansas City uh, doing final pitch and his show. So that will be really good stuff on Thursday. Then a scheduled day off on Friday. And uh, the 23 season is underway, all 162, plus postseason. I'm not trying to jinx it. Plus postseason uh, here on the Home of the Twins, News Talk, A3O, WCCO. NCAA Women's Tournament. Let's get you up to date on the scoreboard there while we have a moment. Ohio State all over UConn, 62-46. That game now in the 4th. Later, Tennessee and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, a number one seed. Finals. Number two, Maryland. Beat Notre Dame 76-59. Brenda Fries, what a great job she's done with the Terps. And it was South Carolina rolling over UCLA. 59-43 South Carolina, a number one seed. Now to the men's tournament. Two games, final four, Burris on the line. And this is really interesting where we're at. Number 9, Florida Atlantic taking on number 3, Kansas State, winner to the Final Four. Then, number 4, Yukon, number 3, Gonzaga, winner to the Final Four. And then on Sunday, get this, this is even more interesting on some level. Number 6, Creighton, number 5, San Diego State coached by Brian Dutcher, winner to the Final Four. And then number five, Miami, against number two, Texas, in the late game. Both of those games tomorrow on CBS. Meanwhile, boys Hoops coming up very shortly at Target Center. 3A title game, a rematch of a year ago. And it will be number one, Totino Grace. Number three, De La Salle. Totino Grace, the defending champ. So uh, team from Fridley takes on... Uh, the team from Nicollet Island in Minneapolis, and then the 4A title game at 8 o'clock tonight, a rematch of a year ago, number one Park Center, number three, Wyzetta. Uh, The Pirates blew out Andover in the opener and then uh, battled back to beat Eastview in the semifinals. Wyzetta holds off Lakeville North in the other semifinal on Thursday night, so it should be a great night of hoops at Target Center, starting shortly. Still to come, following the news and weather, Andy Greeter covers the Loons for the Pioneer Press. They're a home at Allianz tonight. Vancouver in town. We'll get an update on Andy uh, from Andy on that. And the Loons will be shorthanded. There's a number of players on international duty, and the Loons, I think, have surprised out of the gate here in 23. And then Kevin Lynch joins at 535. More on the NBA, more on the Timberwolves as uh, they get into the final eight stretch drive for the Timberwolves. Can they get to the postseason? We'll sort it out following the news here on the CCO.